from the campus of Gardner-Webb University in Boiling Springs, North Carolina, this is Bulldog Dialogue. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 18 of Bulldog Dialogue. I'm Gardner-Webb University President William Downs. Did you know that we had three teams win Big South Conference Championships this year? We congratulate our football, our women's basketball, and our men's tennis teams for bringing team titles back home to Boiling Springs. And today, we're excited to host a Gardner-Webb student-athlete alumna who has a championship of her own and who's recently been named the commissioner for the Big South Conference. Sharika Montgomery will join us after the break to share her story, her vision, and her recipe for success. You're going to want to hear this, folks, so stick around. We'll be right back after this quick break. How do you support Gardner-Webb Athletics? Join the Bulldog Club. What's in it for you? Access. Special deals on tickets, regular communications with the latest schedules, early access to tickets, special Bulldog Club gear, and most importantly, you get to support our student-athletes. Go to GardnerWeb.edu and search for Bulldog Club and join today. Welcome back to Bulldog Dialogue. This is William Downs. Former Gardner-Webb women's basketball student-athlete Sharika Montgomery was named Big South Conference Commissioner last month after a national search. She has two degrees from Gardner-Webb. She played for the Dogs from 2007 to 2010, was part of the 2010 Big South Conference regular season championship squad that posted a 28-5 record. Prior to being named Big South Commissioner, Sharika has held the position of Deputy Commissioner for the Missouri Valley Conference. Sharika Montgomery, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely honored and excited to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, even if uh, at a distance today. I understand you're still out there in St. Louis. Uh, What did you tell us? Two weeks before your official start date. Is that correct? That is correct. My official start date will be on Monday, May the 15th. So currently I'm wrapping up. Obviously my tenure here at the Missouri Valley Conference and we're located in St. Louis, but about two weeks and I will be headed to Charlotte, North Carolina and definitely looking forward um, to the transition. Exciting times. Congratulations on the new appointment. And I suppose the first question our listeners are going to want to explore, maybe a little unfair because you're not in the chair yet, but what exactly is it that the commissioner of an NCAA Division One conference actually does? What's what's the scope of the job that you've signed on for? Of course. Well, if I could summarize it in one word, and we know that that's a very hard one because it's a really, really tremendous opportunity, it would be advocacy. As commissioner of the Big South Conference, it is to represent our member institutions, our coaches, our student-athletes on the national level across the board. We are one of 32 Division One conferences, and making sure that on the national level and every level, our perspectives, our voices are heard within this NCAA governance structure. Um, as commissioner serving as director and liaison in point for our chief executive officers as yourself, making sure that as the leaders of this conference, that they are educated, they are informed with what are the top trends and issues and things that we're grappling with in intercollegiate athletics. So then we are able, as a conference through our constituencies and our governance structure, to make informed decisions when it comes to the continued advancement and forward progress as a conference as a whole, but also specifically on each one of our member institutions, campuses, and communities. So what excites you the most about taking on this role as commissioner? You're really having an opportunity, and I shared this previously, 
specifically a conference that has poured and invested so much into me, not only as a student athlete, but also as a professional. And obviously, as many know, I had a time to uh, spend time in the conference office. But me having an opportunity to really come back and serve in a role to where I'm able to continue to do that same thing, but specifically member institutions, um, just in an area that I, for myself, I benefited from so greatly. So now having an opportunity to serve as commissioner and to continue to work alongside our constituents and lead that forward progress is tremendous and is one, obviously, that just is near and dear to my heart for the reasons I indicated earlier. I'm a member um, of the Big South Conference, and as we often say, I was Big South made. So tremendous opportunity for me. Big South made. So you you referenced your professional experience. That experience ranges from time in, in conference offices, on campuses, and at NCAA headquarters. How do you anticipate that those different professional experiences will aid the perspective that you bring um, to the commissioner's office of the Big South Conference? How, how's, how's that going to shape how you approach this job? Yeah, I definitely think it's going to benefit me and shape um, every part of who I am. You know, one of the things that even during the process that I continue to really make sure I articulate it was having had the opportunity to work on all three levels. So when we think about interclusive athletics and, you know, the broadest sense, I served on the national level. Um, 85 to 90% of my career has been on the conference level, but then also having an opportunity to serve on an institution's campus. And really myself feeling that I bring what I call that level of relatability and being able to resonate with so many different constituencies because of those experiences, because of those opportunities that I've had, I think that's going to serve me tremendously. And I think the last thing I'll add there is when you think about where we are right now in collegiate athletics, there are a myriad of things that we are facing. There are challenges out there at every level. And so me having an opportunity once again to have had that experience um, from those multiple levels, I think that's also going to serve um, not only myself, but our member institutions really well as I know that we move forward in the uh, progress of the conference. So you use the word relatability. Um, what, do you, what do you think the biggest difference and the student-athlete experience from your time on the court is to now here in 2023. What do you, what do you think the greatest challenge for our student-athletes today compared to your time as an undergrad? Yeah, I think it's one, um, you know, with everything, there's two sides of the coin. Uh, the coin. There are definitely so many more opportunities that our student-athletes have today uh, when it comes to being a student-athlete, whether we're talking NIL, a various different things there. But when we also think about what I would call some of the challenges, um, you know, whether intended or unintended, that comes along with that, I think continuing to make sure we support our student-athletes, for example, when we think about the mental health challenges, a myriad of things there that our student-athletes are having the opportunity to face and be involved in that are outside of their sport that they're gifted with, they're outside of the classrooms and the studies that they're committed to, as well as the ongoing efforts in the community. Now we have so many different opportunities that our student athletes have. And that sometimes, of course, is a positive because we're moving forward and uh, there are more opportunities, but making sure that we're keeping a pulse on the overall health and what we talk about the holistic um, focus of our student athletes, I think that is something that is vastly different that I've seen even in my last a little over a decade of just working within our industry. Things have changed vastly there. So, 
I know you're you're going to be commissioner of a conference of a lot of different schools, and you certainly can't show any um, partiality towards <clears throat> your alma mater. But I'm going to ask you a few questions about uh, your <laughs> your time at Gardner Webb. You were you were part of a conference championship team here at Gardner Webb. What lessons do, did you take with you from that special season that have helped you succeed as an athletics administrator? Uh, so many. Uh, when I think about that season and for myself, that was, um, if I'm doing my math correctly, that was one of my last, that was my last year, I think, of eligibility. That for me was a culmination of the hard work, the perseverance, uh, the perseverance and just the resilience that that team not only exuded that one year, but for the previous two to three years. Um, I share it with many when I think about my career at Gardner Web University. Every single year that I was there, we were in the conference championship, although it was a year after I left. Um, even some of my teammates were still on that team, actually won a Big South Conference uh, championship. So both during my time there as well as continuing to see that success afterwards, the resilience, the perseverance, uh, the perseverance, knowing the hard work that we put in, not just that one year when we were able to secure that regular season championship, but every summer when we were in summer school, when we were doing the things outside of the season to make sure we were putting ourselves in a position to be successful in the season. Those are the things that I still to this day apply to any effort, whether it's a championship, a new initiative, a new community um, engagement opportunity, something we're grappling with on the national level, continuing to understand commitment, continuing to be resilient, that perseverance, you will ultimately achieve, attain that goal of become really, really close based on some of those key characteristics that, that I indicated started during my time at Gardner Webb University as a student athlete. Experiences to last a lifetime. What was it like as an alum to follow Gardner Webb's success in women's basketball this past season? Absolutely tremendous. Um, obviously, I've had an opportunity, as I noted, to follow a little bit closer. But even this past year, um, Coach Alex, I've had an opportunity to follow her in her career even prior to Gardner Webb. I have. I continue just to see what I call the trajectory, the standards, the expectations to continue to get higher. And um, I actually had an opportunity to speak with her at the Final Four and was talking about how special it was to yet again have another banner that will be hung in the arena there. And so it's been tremendous um, seeing them compete. Um, obviously, we fell in the postseason, but it was an opportunity that once again, it was a proud day uh, to be along with Gardner Webb University and even from a conference perspective, um, that being our AQ. So it was a tremendous opportunity to see that and I enjoyed watching it. Another proud day today as we introduce our new head coach of the women's basketball team, Scott Merritt. So yeah. uh, more excitement to come on that front. Um, okay, yes. so let's pivot back. Uh, I was tempted to go down the Gardner Web path, but let's pivot back to the Big South Conference. What's your immediate term vision, and then maybe a longer term vision for the Big South? Maybe walk us through the first hundred days, and then where you hope we'll be in three to five years. I know you've thought about all this stuff because I was part of the search committee. <laughs> Of course, of course, I have thought about that. You know, we think about the first hundred days. You know, to in short, that's going to be something to work share with many people. I believe in the power of listening. Yes, I'm a former um, Big South student athlete, had opportunity to serve um, in the conference, but making sure that I have an opportunity to get out, to engage um, with our constituencies, our stakeholders um, on campus, of course, our ABs, SWAs, our student athletes, but also community leaders, any and everyone who is what I would consider to be a touch point, which we are a huge part of each one of our campuses, making sure that I understand um, 
the individual and the immediate perspectives. I think that's going to be huge. So I think about those first hundred days because of where we're located is having an opportunity to spend some, what I call some, uh, some windshield time getting mm-hmm. out on our campuses, spending time. And so that's something I'm really excited about to be a little bit more specific there. And this was something to your point during the search process, becoming very familiar and acquainted with the Big South in terms of its mission, as well as those core values, and really using that as a guide, if you will, um, in speaking to individuals from, and this goes back to, I've given this at many places, we think about SWOT analysis. What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And what are our opportunities? And you know, what are some things that we should be considered of, but how those align specifically with the mission? and the current values. And so that's something I've really spent a lot of time in, uh, what I'll call projecting how we're really able to work through that, but get a consistent pulse on the conference, where we are and how we want to continue to move forward. So that's really what I've thought about in some of the first, in my first hundred days. Nothing like a good listening tour. Of course, yes. It's essentially what it is, a listening tour. And then, you know, you talk about uh, what I'll call long-term, and mm-hmm. I'm one to where I've even question, you know, what do you want to be one to three years, three to five years, five to eight, eight to 10? Well, it's taking those small steps that I just spoke about in those first hundred days, but how that information is really not only going to inform me and my decision-making as a leader of the conference, both internal with the Big South Conference office, as well as external, but also sharing that with our membership and allowing that, if you will, pulse to be shared with our administrators. And we think about the decisions that need to be made in the immediate um, some are in the future, but I think very um, you know important to uh, to keep in mind where we are within intercollegiate athletics. Uh, the board of directors just met this past week um, from an NCAA perspective, and we talk and think about the holistic student athlete model, and that's something I like to talk about later because I feel that's something we do really really well. But what does that look like on each one of our individual campuses and the implementation, which is going to be a year from now in 2024? I do feel that that is something that is going to be, well, a long-term goal, but one is going to be um, a little further or uh, sooner rather than later, just based on where we are on the landscape. Yeah, it really is a murky crystal ball as you think about the, the direction that the NCAA might go. Uh, let's talk about football. You know how important football yes. is to Gardner Webb and and Charleston Southern. Uh, we're we're now in the minority of schools in in the conference who sponsor football. Big South and the Ohio Valley Conference have entered into an agreement to form an association of football member schools, pledged to compete together through the twenty six twenty seven season. Can you share a little bit more about how this partnership is going to work and and maybe what the benefits you anticipate being? Of course. And so, as you indicated, um, our two uh, full-time football member institutions, Gardner Webb being one, as well as Charleston Southern, as well as our two affiliate members, Robert Morris University, as well as Bryant University, we will compete, those four member institutions, with the Ohio Valley uh, member institutions in that first year. I'm not looking at it, but I'm almost certain we have those six contests. What this is going to allow is, one, from a strategic schedule perspective, opportunity for the Big South was OVC to continue to maintain our FCS championship access. So that's where we're going to have an opportunity from that perspective, but also being intentionally from a scheduling um, stance from a regional perspective, the OBC, they've added some new member institutions. And so we have that slate locked up for the upcoming um, 2023 football season. But I think even from that perspective, and I shared this a little bit during the search committee, not, not getting comfortable 
in terms of we want to ensure that we are being successful in this partnership that we value, but at the same time, we are continuing to evaluate and elevate the prominence and the visibility of Big South Conference football. And by doing that, for starters, that's being successful um, in our current partnership. But in doing that, that is not relying on that. That is continuing to, as I indicate, elevate our prominence, our visibility, and making sure and working alongside our CEOs that when it comes to the success of our conference, football is obviously a priority there, and we want to make sure that we're putting that focus that needs to be there as we continue to look forward there. Yeah, I think those words are really going to resonate with with Gardner Webb fans and, and supporters. Not not going to get too comfortable. Going to elevate and increase prominence of football. So, uh, great great signals coming out of our new commissioner here. Uh, let me ask you your thoughts. <laughs> let me ask you your thoughts on whether the transfer portal is a net good or a net detriment to college athletics. Yeah. Just to put you on the spot. That one. Yes, you, you definitely put me on the spot with that one. And, you know, and I'm sure there's sometimes where coaches, both unofficial and kind of, you know, unofficial, just always having a pulse. When it comes to the transfer portal, one thing that always comes to mind with me, it goes back to student-athlete experiences. As Big South member institutions, our focus will always and continue to be to provide those optimal student-athlete experiences on our respective campuses. And then also from a conference office, when it comes to those championship experiences, that is paramount for us. Because I believe that when it comes to the, re- to the retaining and the retention of our student-athletes, it's about those student-athlete experiences that they're having. The opportunity is there. We have what I call the one-time transfer for everyone there. That We have the um, consistency. I am an optimistic one. I say that to say I am hopeful. As we think about the transfer portal, um, we're coming off of what I'll call the um, – uh, the COVID eligibility years, along with just the newness of some of these things, that there's going to be a plateau there. With that being said, those opportunities are going to continue in terms of when student athletes see success, individuals are going to be interested. But making sure that from a Big South Conference perspective, we have a product, if you will. We have experiences that our student athletes are going to be very, very, very committed to for the life of their career. And that's something I think that I know I will be committed to as a commissioner, but I'm optimistic there. On the flip side of that, we also have to think about what opportunities as a conference we may have with the transfer portal that may be favorable to us. At the same time, that is making sure that we're being intentional and that when we are having student-athletes to come into the Big South Conference, our commitment is still the same as it relates to making sure we're graduating student-athletes and continuing to provide those those experiences, but thinking about what that looks like when our student-athletes are transferring into our conference. But it is something, you name the sport, we're all grappling with, um, but as an administrator, continuing to be intentional with the experiences that we're providing. I think that's a part of it that we can um, uh, have a level of what I'll call um, maintenance and making sure we're maintaining that. Yeah, we are seeing fewer and fewer four-year student-athletes. But last night we had our ring ceremony for our football Mm -hmm. team. Our championship rings were distributed last night for our Big South Conference uh, winning football team. And there were guys in the room last night who were here as freshmen in 2019 when we went three and nine, and they stuck it out. They remained in the program, and then just a few years later, on top, champs, FCF playoffs. Um, there's a real powerful message in there about persistence and loyalty. So fascinating stuff. And you rang home. That's what I was thinking. Yes, I was just thinking that that's that resilience. That's the commitment. That's knowing that I want to go and be a part of a program 
that I'm going to be a part of making history. And so I, I think that's a wonderful message there. I'm sure that was a great, a great event. So uh, another easy question for you, this one about money. Money has crept back into college athletics in a way that many of us never could have imagined. You know, some of us remember those pay-to-play scandals of the past. Um, What's your take on the relationship between amateur athletics and outside money? Yes. Um, When it comes to amateurism, it's the bedrock of who we are. Um, And I say who we are, you know, as an association, as an entity. And so I say personally, professionally, and also as a leader, um, or incoming leader of this conference, being able and having an opportunity to to protect the amateurism model of intercollegiate athletics, I think that's paramount uh, because our student-athletes are not employees. Our student-athletes are students. Um, I think when we consider what I'll call the stories that are front of mind, the stories that are front of headline, you know, we, we rarely see or um, see that aspect. But our student-athletes are having to go to class every day. They're still bound by every bylaw in Bylaw 14. And you all, I'm a, uh, my background's compliance and governance. <laughs> That's our eligibility. Um, but, but thinking about it from that perspective, that there is still a huge part of this amateurism model that maybe you know doesn't get as much attention. Our student-athletes are students first. That being said, they do have more opportunities when it comes to the marketability and the value um, of their name, image, and likeness. And not to get too far down on a tangent here, but when you talk about the nexus, if you will, with amateurism and the, um, the student-athlete model where we currently are, that's where I think we, leaders as yourself, president and our conference member institutions, when we think about telling our story, uh, when we think about the things that we're facing that we're dealing with from a congressional engagement, those are things that are top of mind right now for us as an, associate, as an association as well as our conference member institutions. So it's continuing to tell our story and our message when it comes to our student-athletes are not employees. Our student-athletes are students. At the same time, we are moving in a different direction um, as an association where student-athletes have more opportunities when it comes to the name, image, and like name, image, and likeness, and when it comes to resources, but they are still students. And I think the last thing I'll say there is, from that lens, we have many of our institutions um, within our conference that are currently doing that. When there are NIL opportunities, there's also financial literacy education opportunities. There's also tax education. So there are still so many resources that, as universities that ourselves, we are providing that to continue to aid and support our student-athletes, not in being employees, but as being student-athletes that do have an opportunity should that um, be something that's available to themselves. So you said very clearly that student-athletes are students first. How might the Big South do more to provide support and recognition for the academic side of the student-athlete experience? Of course. Uh, and this is something I think we do really well. But, you know, of course, we have um, several awards um, that um, acknowledge the success of our student-athletes. But, you know, specifically maybe to dovetail on the conversation that you just had, I think it's also telling a story when it comes to APR, which is our academic performance rate. Being able to tell the story of how Big South institutions are being awarded and incentivized, if you will, based on the academic success of our student-athletes. We recently just had the APR data to come out from the NCAA. I think that was last Friday. But telling the story and telling the message of how the success of our student-athletes in the classroom is ultimately continuing um, to benefit, if you will, when it comes to being incentivized and those opportunities and those resources coming back into our athletic departments 
continuing to enhance those opportunities. Graduation success rates. I, I'm almost certain without um, having spoken to Mark Simpson, we are continuing to climb as a conference when it comes to our overall graduation success rate. And so being able to tell those stories, I think, is important. While at the same time, we have our individual awards on the conference level. And I know we've also been intentional with different academic enhancement funds. But I think that goes back to showing the commitment to our academic success, our student athletes or students first. All right. So as we begin to wrap up uh, our podcast time with you today, uh, best Gardner Web memory. Wow. Okay. Yes, that's an easy one. Our best Gardner Web memory, um, and this is all kudos to my coach, uh, Coach uh, Rick Reeves. Anytime we had an event or we traveled somewhere, he did everything he could with our budget to make sure that we really had an experience and made memories that would last a lifetime. And two to come to mind, I share this all the time. We played Niagara and we had an opportunity to go to Niagara Falls um, and see, of course, that and just absolutely a phenomenal time. And we must have been playing the University of Houston at a point, um, but we had an opportunity to um, visit Joel's Olsteen's church and uh, had an opportunity to get books on. And to this day, that is something that I still have on my bookshelf. And that, that memory specifically, that's a Garden Wet Women's Basketball memory. Definitely one there. What have I not asked you that I should have asked you as we think about your transition into the commissioner's role or just about Big Big South sports in general? You really covered a lot, um, and I think you you know you, you really did a great job with that. I think as I was preparing for this and just really thinking through one of the questions, and I think you did allude to it, was just thinking about what benefit do I feel I am going to take from being a Big South student athlete into this role as commissioner, and, and really I thought through that one. And while there are so many benefits, um, one that really I think continued to ring home with me is the level of relatability and resignation, and I mean that what I'll call both backwards and forwards. And forward from the standpoint of being intentional in our student-athletes, being able to see that when it comes to being Big South mate, I'm a testament of that. But at the same time, this is something that our administrators, our CEOs, our ADs, you name, all the way through our governance structure, they've been committed to well before my time as a student-athlete, and even now having this opportunity to do that, that is something I'm committed to well, of um, course, now, but then even for years to come. But also thinking about that from a perspective of having an opportunity when we talk about building our fan base and building our communities and building our followings, not just former um, fellow student-athletes at Gardner-Webb University, but also during my time there, being able to resonate um, with other alum uh, throughout the Big South community and really being intentional of what I would call a Big South Conference alum fan network base, that is something I've also given a lot of thought to because I actually do have friends from different um, institutions that I still keep in contact with today, but that's something I think is going to serve me tremendously, uh, especially with my listening and being able to commitment, but it all goes back to continuing to advance brand recognition, visibility for the Big South Conference and telling the story of who we are what we've continued to do over the years and what I look forward to doing moving forward. Exciting times ahead. All right, Sharika Montgomery, thank you. Thank you for being our guest today. Do know that Gardner-Webb, we are super proud of you, and we very much look forward to all the wonderful things ahead with you and the Big South Conference at the helm. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to join. All right, folks, after this quick timeout, we'll be back to explore some headlines from the web, so don't go anywhere.
Have you ever felt led to advocate for others and their social service needs? Whether you want to help at-risk youth, serve as a substance abuse counselor assisting recovering addicts, or an agency leader connecting people to service needs, there are many ways to give back to your community, and Gardner-Webb University can help you forge your path. The Bachelor of Science in Human Services online program is led by educators, professionals, and industry leaders who offer an evolving curriculum designed to ensure that your education keeps you competitive with the real-world needs. You will be equipped with the understanding of legal foundations and institutional regulations and be prepared to address issues of poverty, family violence, and community needs. By integrating classroom instruction and field-based experiences, this 39-credit-hour program prepares you for a future of leading others through their most challenging times. For more information, visit gardner-web.edu. Welcome back to Bulldog Dialogue. It's time to take a quick tour of some Gardner Web news and check out GWU on some of our favorite social media platforms. And we're going to start with our university website. Did you know that Gardner Web has received some really impressive rankings from the New York Times? We rank number one in campus safety among all North Carolina colleges and universities that they reviewed in a recent study. GWU also ranks number two in the state in affordability among private schools in North Carolina, number seven for economic mobility among private colleges and universities in North Carolina. You're going to want to read this full story. And to follow news like this, check out gardner-web.edu forward slash news. All right, moving from our university web page to Instagram, an athletic spotlight on Instagram, at Bulldog Club. We welcome new head women's basketball coach Scott Merritt as a running Bulldog. Coach Merritt comes to GWU from the University of Wisconsin, where he served as associate head coach since 2021. He was a championship caliber player at Marquette, including making it to the 2003 Final Four. As an assistant coach at Marquette, he helped lead teams to three Big East Conference championships. He then played nine seasons of professional basketball all over the world. He's somebody that our team is going to look up to because he's six feet, ten inches tall. <laughs> Welcome to Bowling Springs, Scott Merritt. We look forward to many great days ahead. All right, an academics spotlight on Instagram from at Gardner-Webb and also at Catawba Valley CC. Gardner-Webb University and Catawba Valley Community College officials signed agreements that simplify the transfer process between the two schools. The Bulldog-bound direct entry admission program will provide a seamless transition for CVCC students entering Gardner-Webb. We welcome partner schools like CVCC and look forward to many more Bulldog-bound partnerships to come. So check out that story and others on Instagram at Gardner-Webb. Finally, an alumni spotlight from Twitter, at Gardner Webb alum, and also at Omar Porter One. We thank alumnus Omar Porter for keeping the action moving along as the MC for this year's second annual Webstock Music Festival. We had live music, five bands, food trucks, a kid zone. 
and so much more, and everything was so well-received, and it wasn't cold this year. Planning for next year's Webstock is already in the works. It was a great time for all. Thank you, Omar. Thank you to the bands. Thank you to everybody who showed up out there and enjoyed a great day full of fun, music, and food. All right, folks, one last quick break. We'll wrap up episode 18. Don't go away. Earn your bachelor's in nursing and advance your career. At Gardner-Webb University, we understand that nurses often feel called into their profession, and we work hard for you so we can provide quality and convenience as you pursue this life-changing journey. You can earn the Bachelor of Science in Nursing, the BSN, online in about a year. At Gardner-Webb, you can gain leadership skills, develop your understanding of managing care for patients, and work to develop a broader understanding of professional, ethical, and legal standards of medicine. Gardner-Webb graduates are ready to make a transformative difference in the lives of their patients. Designed with working nurses already in mind, you can earn your BSN degree 100% online. And college credits that you've already earned, they may be eligible to apply to this degree. Contact us online to learn more at gardner-webb.edu forward slash BSN. Thanks again to Big South Commissioner and Gardner-Webb alumna Sharika Montgomery for joining us today on Bulldog Dialogue. I'd like to encourage running Bulldog fans to join the Bulldog Club and to get ready for fall sports at the web. You can get your season tickets and all GWU Athletics news at GWUsports.com. And folks, remember, wherever you are, at home, on the road, in the office, or in the gym, you can find and subscribe to all official Gardner Web podcasts on any of your favorite platforms. You can also check out gardner-web.edu forward slash podcast for a complete listing of our podcast archives. Until next time for Bulldog Dialogue, I'm Gardner Web University President William Downs. Let's go, dogs. Mm-hmm.